You're listening to the Sportsman's Empire Podcast Network brought to you by Full Sneak Gear. Check out their entire lineup at fullsneakgear.com. Also be sure to check out our entire stable of podcasts at sportsmansempire.com. New from Moultrie Mobile, the Feed Hub offers first-of-its-kind cellular connection and control for nearly any spin cast feeder on the market. When used with the Moultrie Mobile app, you can monitor feed and battery levels, run feeders on demand, receive alerts when feeders are clogged, and remotely adjust feeding times. The Feed Hub is ideal for anyone who maintains feeders. Remove the guesswork and save time by planning feeder maintenance before you drive to your hunting property. For more information, visit MoultrieMobile.com. Think you know the Brooks Ghost? Think again. Introducing the all-new, better-than-ever Ghost 16. Now with nitrogen-infused cushioning for lightweight, supreme softness that feels good every step, every street, every single day. So go ahead, take your daily joyride in the all-new nitrogen-infused Ghost 16. It'll turn your everyday miles into everyday endorphins. Let's run there. Head to brooksrunning.com to learn more. This episode of the Sportsman's Nation is brought to you by Outdoor Edge and their complete lineup of replaceable blade knives, fixed blade knives, and game processing kits. Now, we've all been there before, trying to field dress your wild game with a dull knife. This is where Outdoor Edge really steps in. With the Razor Safe system, you can have a brand new razor sharp blade with just the push of a button. No more dull blades and no more problems processing your wild game. To check out all of the products from Outdoor Edge, visit OutdoorEdge.com. And at checkout, enter the discount code NATION30. That's N-A-T-I-O-N-3-0 for 30% off of your purchase. What's up, everybody? Welcome to our first episode, uh, episode one of the O2 podcast. Your stop for Ohio outdoors news. Today we're going to kick it off with Paul, Corey, and myself just going through a little, oh, talking on the, the Ohio deer season and off-the-wall topics just to ease into this. So uh, we're going to work to have a good interview for next next week's episode, but uh, this one just let you guys get to know us a little bit and uh, see what, what we've got to offer. So we look forward to uh, many, many more episodes, and we'll get this one going now. Outside working on a split rail fence, trying to get that thing going so the kids don't fall to their death in the creek. But that's about it. Gotta get that uh, do list done. True yeah. family man. Yeah. So we went the route of uh, getting all the raw materials um, delivered on pallets, and uh, for the first day of digging all the holes, we incorporated. Uh, the family, the extended family to come out and help. So we had like, I don't know, 10 people here to help me uh, dig holes. And then since the holes have been dug, I've been setting all the posts and 
putting up hog wire because we've been toying the idea of chickens, you know, give the kids some responsibility, go, go get eggs every morning, stuff like that. So Dude. that's what I've been busy with. Our, our daughter, she, the first thing she does every morning is stumbles outside, gets her slippers on crazy hair. Eyes are half open. I said, where are you going? I got to check on the chickens. <laughs> first thing in the morning, you know, she has to let the chickens out, which is how good. old is she now? Seven. So. Okay. I was going to say, so we've been, my, my son's f- uh, five and we've been trying to give him more responsibility. So like take the dog out. We could probably got, I don't know, 80 pound black lab every single morning. He runs in in his underwear. The dog ran up the driveway. <laughs> <laughs> so then I go out in my underwear, and run up the driveway after the dog. Uh-oh. It's been uh it's been fun. Fun learning experience. Funny. Paul. What you been doing? Yeah, I did a little little dove hunting over the weekend. So we uh, luck. No, uh, no, not at all. Um, I found a new duck pond by accident. Uh, so that that was exciting. Um, I did, I'm gonna I think my wife's asleep, but I bought a new duck call yesterday. Don't so don't rattle pretty, it off right now. You know, pretty, I pretty used to work I, for a period of time when I was in college. I worked at Dick Sporting Goods. Yeah, and I can't tell you like the duck call gives me a reaction like no other because you used to sit there at the counter and just hear guys take duck calls out of the package <laughs> and then put them right back in the package. Yeah, it's like no, that's. That never, that never fly today. That wouldn't fly in COVID right world. Yeah, no way. Oh, no. I went, you, these, oh man, yeah. Go ahead, sorry. I had, like, I, you know, like last year I went to buy a duck call and, and you know, like I'll, I'll spend some money on calls. And the guy at Cabela's was like, I can't let you try this call. I'm like, dude, it's a $150 call. <laughs> well, I can't let you blow it. I was like, so what if, what if I don't like it? He's like, we'll take it blow it out in the parking lot and then bring it back in that sounds like, like a deal so, yeah a lot like, of so, so, been, uh, yeah so if with. i if if i do that and bring it back are you gonna mark it down he's like well yeah probably because we can't sell this new call i'm like so can i buy it again and he just he just like stared at me it's just like <laughs> like he never he, he never thought about this question so i don't know i have like i mean this, that's a pretty savvy way to get discounted calls have your buddy go in there test one out you walk in the door afterwards say i see that call's marked yeah. off i'll take that one exactly like i'm just gonna go in and like blow it and be like what are you gonna do now? easy so, easy easy mark my i don't like where this is going <laughs> no i um i've like uh I've got, I've, I've, I've developed this like new obsession and I've had it with Turkey calls for years where like, I'm kind of a Turkey call snob. So if I can buy a Turkey call, like I, I don't buy the ones that they sell at like Cabela's or Bass Pro or like any of these like big box stores. Like I want some guy in Mississippi that made it in his garage, you know, on the back 40, that's the, and, and he's selling them on like Etsy or Facebook or some shit like that. <laughs> That's the call that I'm looking for. Those are probably so, the best ones well, available, right? Oh man. They're they're. I'll tell you what, they're awesome. So I found this guy on Twitter and you know, he's, he's selling these duck calls for like $55 gorgeous calls. I like wood duck calls. Like a lot of guys like the poly cars calls they're loud or whatever. I like the wood ones. They're like little, like little pieces of art, you know? And it was like $55. And I started hammering on this thing. I'm like, this is a $200 duck call. Like this, this is awesome. 
And you got these guys that are like mass producing these duck calls and they do well, you know, they brand it and, you know, they're selling them in every, you know, store and Amazon and everyone's got them. And I don't know, I'm, I'm like, I'm like a game call snob. Which are duck calls <laughs> the same, the same as uh, like, you know, read deer calls and turkey calls or do they make like diaphragm duck and goose calls? So could you get a diaphragm duck and goose call? No, they're all, as far as, I mean, there, there might be someone out there that's smarter than me, but like they're all, so you got like single read, double read and you've got different call types like j calls um like arkansas type calls louisiana type calls are like the two the two real popular ones and it's like it's like the soundboard how it's shaped i don't know man i'm an idiot when it comes to stuff like that so i just like the single read calls i i can blow those pretty well i think they sound better so i'll tell you what paul when we went out last year for turkey Mm -hmm. you had that little one that was like well and yeah. I, I didn't know you said it was like a custom made one or whatever and yeah. i thought it was it, i'm like whatever it, it, sure it sounds cool but it wasn't until i had a hen come come by me i don't know a couple of weeks later that i was like oh damn that thing paul had real that that really sounds like this like yeah yeah so i it's it's a it's a trumpet call and i was on a waiting list for that thing and this fella i'm gonna plug him his name's lewis stowe he's in north carolina it's this old man and once again, he does exactly what I like. Experience, not old experience. Experience. The guy's awesome, man. Um, he makes calls like part time in his shed out back, and he is just a fantastic call maker. And it's a trumpet call. So I got into those a couple, I don't know, probably like 10 years ago. I started getting into those. Um, and they're kind of weird, which once again, that's like kind of the draw for me. Not a lot of people use them. And, um, you're a call hipster essentially i'm a total call you hipster. are a call like turkey call hipster, hipster. yeah and as and, soon as as soon as they get popular i'm like yeah i'm on to the next one yeah it, no it, 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 exactly so i mean i've got like some really weird stuff turkey calls so <laughs> stuff i don't even use i buy it because it looks cool i'm like oh, yeah i'll spend 75 dollars on that and, and i use it once doesn't work you know it sounds great and i i don't know i'm i'm, I'm weird about that but i that's my thing so cool. that's what i did <clears throat> what you get into? Oh, you know, just still recovering from the PTSD of the mosquito incident. Opening day, bow season, public land, Central Ohio, worst mosquito infestation I've ever experienced oh my in my life. God, that was so bad. <clears throat> so bad, I had to order the thermocell from the tree. Yeah, uh, with lots of refills. I haven't gotten to use that yet uh, because the other mosquitoes. Pieces- yeah, the pieces of private I've been on, I haven't had any mosquitoes. Um, it was un, it was unbelievable, man. Like to the point where, like three hours into the hunt, I was like, I'm done, I'm done, and I'm not going to talk bad about like a, a product that that a company makes, but it, there's a pretty popular like scent control company, and they came out with this cedar scented bullshit bug spray. I'm not gonna I'm not gonna bash them by name, but it's cedar and it's in a yellow can, and it's it i i i wanted to like box it up and send it to the person who developed it with a picture of my middle finger in it because my head was swollen from mosquito bites i mean it was awful like i smelled great i smelled like a cedar forest it did not work well it did not work you saw the pictures like between right, for oh my god the, i forgot about that the, the listeners so i had the mosquitoes just nonstop, and it was i would love we're we're not experts in anything so we'll we'll work on getting an entomologist on here uh, those mosquitoes were all day, you know, like most okay, of the time you start getting bit so. when 
you get bit at night when they're starting to get dusky and all that kind of stuff. But these ones, I don't know what what kind they were, but it was different. Were you hunting and standing water. It was a swampy. It was a swampy piece of public. Like there's, it's a river bottom. Like, but I mean, like we, you were hunting the ag fields, and I don't. Know. I didn't walk uh, you, through you, a puddle. No, so it wasn't like there was active standing water. I, that I, uh, that picture you took was. I mean, it looked like you stuck your head in a beehive. Yeah, you well, look like the guy from like. Goonies. What's the what's the the, Sloth. the hey you guys? Yes, that's what he. That's, that's what you look like. like. I've never seen that kind of reaction from a mosquito before. Well, like, I think I'm, it was. It was a combo. It was a one, two of mosquitoes and poison ivy because once I climbed up in the tree, I had this little tree next to me that I ID'd as a box elder. So I shimmy up the tree and I'm sitting there and rubbing my arm against it. And I look over and I'm like, wait, that's a hairy stem. And what are those berries there? And if you look at a box elder versus poison ivy, they're almost identical. Uh, I've and, killed a few box elders on accident because I thought they were poison ivy. I mean, there's times I've gotten poison ivy, and as a horticulturist, a trained horticulturist, I wanted to kick my own ass. But like this one, I I I couldn't. This this vine came from a different tree. But didn't you look at the the hair on the vine growing it, on the tree? It wasn't at the bottom. It came from another tree, and it was like twenty feet up or whatever. Some but, horticulturist, yeah. I'd say. So I I want to I want to ask you, um, <laughs> months was that was that your first time hunting because like, you started using the saddle system the tethered yeah saddle system how how was that was that your first time up in the tree like live on a, on a live hunt with that on a, on a piece of public i i yeah. think i'd gotten up in the tree I'm trying to think did i go out that morning Oh, you I, go, I went out you, opening yeah, morning but it wasn't up in the saddle it was just in the ladder stand um so yeah that was the first time hunting out of it so so how how was it like lugging that like because I, I i've used like climbers and they're they're a pain in the ass man like everyone like you clank and you know you can do things to but they're bulky and like i'm i'm a big dude i'm you know, i'm six three like you know i can i can handle the weight but even i don't like carrying that stuff it does so, get like very cumbersome when you have all of your gear with you and yeah a climber on your back yeah all for for sure so the, the saddle like i'm not and we've we've talked about this but i am not a tree stand guy man i mean six three 200 pounds i'm not made to be in the air i am made to be on the ground but the saddle i will say and 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 they make big fella saddles which i like um I don't know, i'm still i'm still just nervous about it like it looks super complicated like with the with the sticks and like you said like one sticking, which I watched a YouTube video on one sticking. If you've never heard about that, it's not some porn shit. Like it's like, it's literally like climbing a tree with one stick. Um, one one like, tree stick segment. Right. Yeah. It's yeah. It, it is like, it's some witchcraft. I'm, I'm going to be, I'm going to be honest. I mean, I, I was amazed. Okay. Climb. Yeah. So, so what was your experience with it? First of all, on the one stick or like any of it, one sticking or, or just the regular, it's it's a practice thing. I think the worst thing you could do is take it out of the box and go to the woods. And you so I used it all summer kind of getting set up in different things. The mo it wasn't that bad hauling it around. I'll be honest. Now I was being destroyed by mosquitoes. So I maybe that my mind was on something else and it was pretty warm. Um, so I was just trying to not be sweating a whole lot. Uh, but getting up into the tree, it it's set in sticks, but it's I don't think that's any different than if you do a hang on. And, uh, 
you know, it's really not that bad. I think if I had to give you my like first feel for everything, the saddle is awesome. Being up in the tree with it's awesome. The ability to shoot 360 and and fall that's back. what I like. You can just swing around that tree to get any angle that you want. And even if there's a branch in the way, like you can let some some slack go and like lean back further. It's just really sweet. I'm probably going to be in a constant battle of trying to improve the sticks, uh, whether it's keeping them quiet, uh, making them easier, getting higher. You know, the one sticking is interesting. It does involve a little bit different rope setup, if I recall, and a special like. It had like a like an top. additional lineman rope and you had the tether and. Yeah. And I don't think it's a bad option. I think it, again, if you can practice stuff, the one thing I don't have real great trees at my house to practice on. So um, I'm a little bit limited on that end, but is it, so, is it, is the, sorry, Ringo is, is the, um, is it like something that you can get into like a crooked tree or like, if you've got like a shag bark hickory is like your only option and it's kind of rough. I mean, like, can you get up into a tree like that? Oh yeah. Oh, yeah, I don't think. It'd be what about like a crooked, like 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 a, 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 a maybe a crooked tree or I, I don't know, man. Like, the crooked tree, the climber, like the, the, the climbers, like you got to be pretty, you got to be pretty straight up and down. Yeah, I think with I think this would be tough too on a crooked one. I'll tell you, my favorite trees are becoming is our uh, black walnuts. When it comes to sitting in them, they go straight enough. They branch off at a pretty good height. The only thing you got to watch out is not getting knocked in the head by walnuts, but. Um, <laughs> when you get up there i mean it just seems to be good breakup and different things the other thing about the saddle is when you're standing on that platform instead of sitting with your back to the tree you're facing you're facing the tree so you can hide behind it but then at the same time like if you think about the angle of what you know on the tree and then the, you're coming off you almost look like a branch instead of like a giant burl on the side of it instead of know, sitting right. in a ladder stand where it's right. just a giant platform sticking right. straight out yeah I was so, I was listening to to Dan Johnson's gear podcast and he and he had a guest on he was talking about you know camo and patterns and hunting out of uh, tree saddles and you know he he told the story where he had he had a setup and you know like all of us we get in a tree stand or a, a, a blind and we're like okay you anticipate the deer coming from one particular area be you because know, of train or whatever it may be and they came out of the like complete opposite. And I thought this was really neat. Like he, he was able to like, he saw the deer coming and he like was able to swing around and I'm swinging around the, the microphone here like an idiot, but he was able to swing around the tree and like blend in and, and use the tree to like, to break up. Uh, I, I was like, man, that's, that's really, I, I, I don't know. That's it sounds, slick. it sounds, yeah. yeah, it sounds really, it sounds really neat. So and I, I feel like just the last couple of years, it's, it started to really gain get some traction so there's a lot out there man and it's it's interesting you know i think one of the best things and i would tell almost anybody that has just ladder stands or hangouts or anything uh, plug i don't know if this is a plug or not but tethered has this sys hauler is that what they call it man they're part of the sportsman's nation so yeah yeah, like it's it's this thing that wraps around the tree and it gives you it's it's stupid simple like the ability to hang everything off there i've never had anything like that and it's, I've seen it's like awesome hys work. or something it's like that like i was a, looking at the other day yeah, the 360 neat. hooks like all the way around the diameter it's of the tree a, you can hang essentially like those molly i think molly hooks or whatever like yeah, the, yeah mole mole yeah it's not like, we sound like idiots but 
Twitter. We are idiots. We I are, mean, let's so. just let's just be let's just be honest. So, um, um, how much extra time do you think you'd get? Like, if I was taking a climber out there, I'd always want to be there like an hour to forty-five minutes before the sun came up because I was such a dumbass with climbing a tree. Do you give yourself that much time with the with the saddle, or are you just pretty much like right yeah, on so time? I haven't done it in the dark yet, and I don't know. I haven't set poles in the dark. We'll say that I've climbed the tree. I have a couple pieces of private that I can climb that I've taken sticks and I've already put them in the tree. Okay. My thought process there is, I mean, I'm going to eliminate the most noise making process, the hardest part of it. So when I shimmy up, I get up there, hang the platform, get tied in and basically ready to go. I could do that in the dark in about, I don't know, 10 or 15 minutes from the ground up and that's including pulling the bow and everything uh setting the sticks is a different story like if i was going to go hunt public for an extended period of time i'm going to go out in the afternoon i'm going to set those sticks hang there you know depending on how that goes i'll come back in the morning and probably hang the or hunt those sticks again and then if i want to change for the next afternoon then i would pull them down ah uh, okay okay but yeah, you I, watch these YouTube videos, of these guys that they're, they're, they're like completely mobile on public land with these, with these sounds. It's, it's pretty neat, man. I, I'm, I'm very intrigued. So yeah, it's on my to-do list for sure. Yeah. And I mean the, even on the private ground where I've got these sticks set, if I was get busted in a tree, I pull those sticks down. I walk across the property. I set them in a different tree, you know, instead of having to call somebody up to move a ladder and all that uh you, you don't you're not you're not uh tied to what a tree stand based on the wind you could hunt whatever wind you want at that point because you got a tree yeah. you, with the right wind you can hunt it yeah you know one thing that i that i switched to just talking about you know wind and thermals and i was watching uh a, a, the, the hunting public guys and they were using milkweed I was like, man, that is, that is genius. So I, I pulled, I pulled a pot off and I, I actually saw it. You can like, you can buy little canisters of milkweed. Um, <laughs> yeah. So like, you know, I just happened to happen to be at a golf course that, that had a bunch of milkweed pots. So I, so I grabbed a couple and before I was using like the little dusters, you know, you could see, you, know, you can see the wind and it, you know, it goes two feet and then it, and then it disappears. But I'll tell you what the milkweed, man, I, I, I think, like you can see it for, for a ways. Like you can really see how the wind is, is reacting and how you, you know, like the milk, have you guys ever used it? No, I just get the, I get chalk dust from home Depot. I get pink chalk dust from yeah. home Depot. I'll tell you what, man, the, the, the milkweed seed. I mean, it's just like, like you can see the, you can see it drop. You can see it raise. Like you can see how it swirls and how it reacts and, and you can stand there and watch it for, you know, 40 yards or 50 yards, whatever, whatever it is, you know, depending on your light. But it was, I was, I was really, I was really impressed when, when I started using it. So, yeah, I need to, I've got some in my uh, barn and I always forget to take it with me. I always have the chalker. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I was definitely a chalker, but I, I think, I think I'm switching, man. I'm, I'm going hard on the milkweed. So new era yes. yeah yes 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 i so, feel like it's not even new era i mean that's shit like indians were doing you know 300 years ago they're using milkweed so for sure Just circling back around which reminds me tonight i was sitting out and um oh my gosh it is amazing I, this is rookie 
101 stuff, but you look at the weather forecast and it tells you that, um, that like, you know, the wind, the, the weather's going to come from the West or whatever the winds coming from the West. And I'm sitting there, I check the chalker and it'd be going from the West. And then a couple of minutes later, I'm like, man, this doesn't feel right. Check it. It's going to the East. And it's just, I don't know if it was a swirling or what the deal was. Um, it wasn't a heavy wind by any means, but, uh, that it is quite interesting that, uh, how, that's how something that, that I, I really, I really want to dive into in another episode. And we've like, we've talked about this off, you know, not recording shows, but like hunting thermals. And I mean, that's important on some aspects or like some portions Where you have of the photography state. for yeah, sure. So, yeah. So if you're, if you're, if you're a hunter and you're, and you're hunting public or private in Southeast Ohio, Northeast Ohio, you know, you know, even some in Southwest Ohio, I mean, you've really got a lot of elevation change where I think thermals are, are pretty important. And, you know, that's something that I, I, I would like to really dive into that and have a conversation with someone that, that knows a hell of a lot more about it than, you know, the, the three of us, like, but yeah, it, it, I think it would play a, a big role in where you're setting your stand. Like if you're in a Creek bottom or you're on the top of a Ridge, for instance, yeah. I mean, it's going to dictate that topography and the thermals are going to dictate where you're going to set that stand for the, where the deer are coming from. So yeah, yeah, it is, it is very, I've never like, you know, up here, North, North central Ohio, it's all flat. So I've never thought about thermals, whitetail hunting, but it, it would definitely apply down South for sure. Yeah. Yeah. There's, there's a big, I, I hunt 98% of my hunting is done on, on, on public land. And a majority of it is in the Southern half, you know, interstate 70 and down of, uh, of, of public property. And it's not something that I've, I've like, like taken into like a huge consideration when I hunt and, 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 you know, that's just, just me being a dumbass, I guess, but. Yeah. I don't know. You know I'd really I like to, really... I want to, I want to fine tune like my, my deer hunting, you know? So I would really like to know like elk hunting. That's all, you know, that's all you talk about is thermals and the wind and deer are the same way. You never want to hunt the wrong wind, but I wonder in areas where there is a lot of topography, whitetail hunting, like a lot of guys who kill big deer. I wonder if thermals, like they're always playing the thermals like cold air rises or uh you know so, so you know we did we, we've got we've got a really good interview coming up on the on the next episode with a really successful bow hunter here in the state of ohio and he touched briefly on on thermals and and wind direction and and he's the guy that i want to talk to about you know really fine-tuning that i think it's something that a lot of people overlook in this state so i don't know it's i think i think it'd be a good a good topic of conversation so let us know Find us on social media and tell us what you think about that. If you want to hear more about thermals and wind currents and yeah, if you have any topics that you think would be interesting and uh, I think we got a handful of good connections around Wait. the state so we can get warm some... air rises, right? Yes. I'm I wasn't uh, yeah, gonna go there with you. I got it wrong. Well, I just, you know, I just want to be right. Right. All the time. Uh, but yeah, so we'll work on on getting some experts in here on, on that kind of stuff. So what else is going on in the deer woods? I mean, it's like right now, it's whitetail season and in Ohio, we are what a week, 10 days, something like that into. I'm just into, waiting for the weather. This weather season. has just been Holy, miserable. You are not kidding. Holy smokes, man. Like I wake up and I'm just like, I, I I'm not going to go sit out there when I, I mean, given I should, 
I should, but I just cannot sit out there when it's 75 degrees. It's I, I just don't do you, feel like I'm hunting. I'm looking at the long-term forecast down here in central Ohio and just for our listeners, like in my real world job, I grow, help people grow grass. Okay. Right now, the forecast is amazing for growing grass for, for your lawns, for your sports field, for your golf course. It is not amazing for hunting deer. I want that October cold front and it's not like 75 degrees every day. And the lows like 53. I mean, like, I, I like, I would imagine ever. the door's going to slam shut on us at some point. I mean, like we get, we've had a, like good snowstorms in October just recently in the last like five or six years. So yeah. Trick or treat. I, uh, I yeah. scoff at people at work. They're like, Oh my gosh, this weather's so amazing. I'm like, yeah, right. I'm waiting for the cold front. Come on. Yeah. I definitely like, duck season starts october 23rd that's my thing man like i love those cold fronts those north winds man yeah i can't well, wait that's the other thing is like i guess i'm not a meteorologist but you know the, the warmer weather's coming from the south so i'm looking at the wind, wind directions like every day it's south southwest I'm like all right i got a couple stands or areas i can hunt like that but give me uh, the good ones are more on like the northwest the West winds. winds yeah. yeah. I, you know, I was listening to a podcast the other day and, and they were talking about, I think it was Dan. I, I, I don't remember, but these early season, like cold fronts and I'm doing air quotes. They don't mean shit. You know, like you might get, you know, rainstorm or whatever. And, and the temperature drops six degrees and, and there's really, and, and I, 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 you know, I don't know, man, like I mean, you guys, it doesn't, and his point was it doesn't really create a lot of deer movement, like a good, like, middle Oh no, I don't disagree with that at all. Yeah. So don't even get excited about it. Like, I just you know. hate it. I just hate sitting out there in when it's 75 degrees. Yeah. I, so, I can't stand it. So it, like, cause deer got, they still have to eat and they still have to drink. Yeah. Regardless of the weather. Yeah. They're just going to do it at 11 o'clock at night when it's nice and cool. <laughs> So I guess that brings up the question. So like early season, do you like knock off the list that your wife needs you to do? You know, do you, do you split do you, rail fence? Back right. To that. Do you, yeah. Do you be, do you be a good father? Do you, you know, work a couple extra hours over time? Get the split rail done now. And yeah. then when the season rolls around and it's nice and cold out. Yeah. November. Test out all that new fancy gear. Yeah. November 4th. You're like, all right, I'll see you guys in three weeks. Yep. Yeah. So for me, That's my wife move. is a saint that love, she really likes venison. All right. So we do a lot, uh, in our freezer. That's, that's a heavy component to our, our diets. Uh, last year was the last year we spent most of new year's Eve and new year's day doing all the processing and, and grinding and everything. So like, uh, it's kind of a family thing. So she wants those uh, deer in the freezer. So she doesn't really give me a whole heck of a lot of uh, problem with that. But at the same time, you still have to be dad. Right. And um, yeah. that balance is hard, man. The, I just can't other, wait to bring them out with me. The other That's, thing I, I'm fighting with, it, I got to have that surgery done on my knee in December. So yeah. once that comes, that's like the kibosh for a while. I might be able to catch a couple weeks there at the telltale end, but um, yeah. So I got to get it all done. Before you don't that. need a knee to pull back a bow. What do you need? A this knee is for? true. This is true. Like you need to climb that damn saddle. Climb just, and pull them out. The sticks. No, nah, that's what that that's what that gator's for. I was just about to say that's what a gator's for. 
sit on public land. Who needs knees? Yeah, I, 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 uh, I've, I've been that idiot that like, you know, during gun season or whatever, bow season, archery season for deer, like you go three miles into public land because I'm going to get away from everybody. I'm not going to be near any hunters. And, and then you actually shoot a deer and then you're like, oh God, I'm three hours from the truck and I've got 125 pound deer. And it's just like, you just, you're stripping off clothes and you know, you didn't, you brought a shitty deer drag that snaps halfway through. And I would love to have a gator to just roll up and like, eh, I'm going to throw this deer in here and just drive back to my house. God, that'd be great. I just need to get, one of my goals is to get so efficient at the gutless method and quartering out there that I can just quarter it up. No problem. Take it out. So I didn't, I, and, and this is just my ignorance. I didn't realize that, that like people don't gut elk. Like I just never, I never paid attention to elk. I mean, unless you're hunting on a ranch where they have gators and stuff like that. But yeah, yeah. if you're, yeah, if why you're do it? Like you just strip the meat off. Oh yeah. Yeah. It was, th- that was very enlightening for me going on and going on an elk hunt and doing that. And getting stabbed in the process. That was, I'd like to bring that up a lot. I got stabbed so. by your uncle, by my uncle. So, so. yeah, Havilon, Havilon straight to the knee. That oh was great. In the middle, it. in the middle of Idaho, seven, eight, nine hours from the nearest hospital. That was, that was wonderful. I did that. I was, I was, but I don't want to dwell on that or anything. I was got a buck down at Meigs County, I don't know, five or six years ago that I'd shot. And I like, someone said something to me and I turned my head and I, I just stabbed myself right in like the corner of my thumb. And within hours, my entire hand was like swollen. Like I had some like hybrid buck bacteria, you know, I was like some Spider-Man nonsense or something going on. I don't know what was happening, but it hurt so bad. Like the next day I shot this buck in the first day of gun season. The next day, my thumb and hand was so swollen. I could barely hold the shotgun. When we were uh... miserable. You know, when we were quartering that elk, I was holding the hind quarter and he was down there working on it. Right. And uh, he won- he was trying, he, he, it just wasn't one of those. It was just one of those things where you're just not thinking. He wanted me to grab something and he had the knife in his hand and he was pointing at what he wanted me to grab. And I just felt it go into the, to, into my knee. And we both just kind of looked down and everybody just ha- kind of had that white, oh shit look on their face. But then when we realized I was okay, it was all stop. Just get back to work, you know. That's like, the, I, and, and you know what? Can can we say that on this podcast? I don't know. No, uh, Ringle. Why don't you go ahead and just tell us? Uh, say sissy. Yes. Sissy. Okay. Sorry. Sissy. If you if you if you're offended by that comment, leave a bad review on iTunes. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. Okay, so back to the Ohio deer season uh, and yeah. scene. The weather's not looking good. No, it's nice warm. And it's uh, bad winds. It's still October. We're heading into that quote unquote October lull. There's still a lot of crops in the fields. Yellow soybeans, ton of corn. Chain. I've seen some. I've seen some corn going down here in Central Ohio. So I'm getting. I'm getting depressed. Like all I want to do is be in the woods. Yeah. I want to be in a duck pond. I want to be in a marsh. That's what I want to be. It might be a public. I want to be, weekend. I want to be belly deep in, in ice water. So 
Yeah, sign me up. I bought new waders last week, actually. Cool. Yeah. So my 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 last pair, um, I don't know, man. Like I bought them online and I didn't, you know, I didn't order them right. Like I have like I have like fat feet, I guess. So my feet, like the waders fit everywhere else, but my feet would not get into the like to the insulated boots. That could be a problem. And so we were out, like me and my buddies were out duck hunting. And it's one of those, like, you know, it's super cold. Like it's, you know, it's nine degrees and like everything's freezing up. And my boots, like, like they were so cold, they froze and like locked my feet into my boots. And I panicked. I mean, I totally panicked. I freaked out. I couldn't get these boots off. I was losing my mind. So I went up a size. So if anyone's out there and you're looking to buy new waders, go up a size from your boot shoe or from your, from your shoe size. So hard lesson or try them out at the store oh yes i have a pair of waders that i have not used like i should so paul we're gonna we're gonna talk about duck hunting on the show yeah Yeah. we're 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 gonna do it man we're not gonna be all white tail we're gonna talk about duck hunting and squirrel hunting i i I don't know do you guys squirrel hunt i love it i love squirrel hunting what uh what what species of squirrel do you do you consider edible all or or just fox squirrels because i've only ever seen people eat fox squirrels and i've had i've had fox gray and the red squirrels okay i was gonna say in my house i have red fox they're tiny i have um gray squirrels and we have black squirrels we have we have them all and there's a hierarchy of squirrels if you watch them your yard the black squirrels like they're super mean aren't they like where i hunt yeah they'll chase off the fox squirrels like the fox squirrels uh, well and chipmunks that's crazy. I like the opening day of deer season. There was a fox squirrel. I swear to God, it was the size of like a small dog. And it comes out. And I, I mean, it comes out of the tree. And I'm like, I'm going to shoot this squirrel. Like, this is the biggest squirrel that I've ever seen. I'm going to pin that to send tree. this $40 broadhead yeah. at this squirrel. Exactly. And I'm going to eat him today. And I didn't. But, man, it was. That's me fit, 15 we, minutes into a slow day. Okay. Right. We, exactly. We were in college. Ringle and one of our good friends, Mr. Tyson, and Corey had this bet. I don't remember who was betting on who, but uh, that you couldn't kill a squirrel with a compound bow. And, you know, well, oh, oh, I would be on the side of you definitely could because there's no way. Then, that- ring, and then he was the one that was saying that you could do it. Right. So I just remember specifically was- me, not anyone. He was saying that I did not possess the accuracy <laughs> to shoot a squirrel with a compound bow. So not just and I was highly, I was, like you. I was highly offended by this. Yeah. Uh, I remember sitting in the tree stand, the one, one of the first years I was hunting deer and I was bored and it was that squirrel. That's just, you know, lightsaber for it. Causing, causing all the ruckus in the woods. And finally I'm like, I'm going to see if I could do this thump. And I drilled it. But the problem was I used a, field point i didn't know better uh and then the thing just hopped around for like i don't know 45 minutes just oh my until yeah. i could go up so the funny part about that is i finally i get down on the stand i track this thing down i'm going to cut its throat i'm on the ground like trying to just take care of it and i look up and here's a doe standing looking at me i'm like really this this is what it came to huh i, I go after the stupid you, squirrel and there you are. Um, oh, that's funny. That's a good stupid hunting story. Like everyone has one of those those moments oh, where, I, like, I, yeah. where you're just plenty. like a complete dumbass. 
I don't know. I'd like to, I'd like to hear some good, like listener dumbass stories. Like, so. Oh, my fat stomach is getting to me. I think I'm going to get down and you walk out of your tree. And then 20 yards later, there's a buck walking straight yeah. at you. Oh, yeah, those, yeah. Those are fun times. Yeah. No, I, I want to hear some of those, man. Hit us up, hit us up on social media. Cause I will, I don't know, maybe we'll read some or something if there, if there's some good ones. So, cause I know I've got some really dumbass stories, but so I don't know, man, this is uh this is the first year that I've been really excited about, about deer bow season. I've been, I don't know, like I did it for so many years and like a hundred hard. It's just like that same old story. Like you have young kids and like things start pulling on and you get new jobs and careers and, you know, it's less and less time. So it was one of those, like what, you know, how can I divide my time? And so I divided it among spring Turkey, fall Turkey, waterfowl and then you know some some trapping and stuff like that so i don't know this is the first year i've been wound up about about deer and and actually quite a while so yeah i'm my goal this year is to get 60 days in so that'll be between spring turkey fall turkey deer ducks whatever squirrels i want to get 60 days of hunting and not fishing included so that's what um that's my goal obviously i got freezer fill We'll see if I can get it done. But um, what's the black bear situation down there in southern Ohio? So, Is, are there I, more and more coming in? Like, do you think there's going to be a season on the horizon within I, the next I ser- five? I seriously doubt it. So, in all of my years hunting, I have seen two black bear, uh, and both of them were in. One was in Vinton County. One was in Athens County. And the first time I ever saw a black bear, I was like, "Why did someone's black lab is running around the woods?" <laughs> and I'm like. Oh shit, that's a bear. I mean that that is that is that is a goddamn bear in the state of Ohio. And I, I just stood there like totally froze up. You know, I was tur- it was spring turkey season, and I'm watching this bear just run down this ridge. I'm like, well, there's bears in Ohio. It's the coolest thing to see in the world. That that was in that was in Athens. And the second time was was in in Vinton County and, and a huge piece of, of state property. And as same thing, it was just like this tiny little black bear just cruising through the woods, man. You just see it. And it's, and yeah, so I, I don't, I would seriously doubt that we're going to have a black bear season. If they do, it's going to be like elk in Kentucky where, you know, the elk population got to the point where they had like a lottery and it was what, like five, five tags yeah, in the first but- couple of years. Like I could see that happening maybe in the next, in the next couple of years, but I don't know. I mean, you think of like Michigan, Pennsylvania, West Virginia, Kentucky, Virginia, all of the like, like really close states have and a black bear season. So it's just a matter yes. of time before like we have a, I mean, you see in the paper too, people catch just recently, like a guy in Logan caught, you know, black bear on, on his trail cam. So there was uh, quite a commotion in uh, Willoughby, which is a suburb uh, on the East side of Cleveland. And there was a, there was a black bear out there and i mean i'm talking east side maybe 40 miles east of cleveland yeah wow uh causing quite a commotion because he's eating everybody's uh bird seed that's what we're taking videos of him he was just hanging out in the neighborhoods but uh i i don't know i what? there's a i think there's a tab on the odnr website somewhere where you can look at confirmed sightings yeah and there's been a confirmed black bear sighting in lorraine county like wild confirmed black bear sighting in lorraine county which is you know 40 miles or 20 30 miles west of cleveland yeah 
So I mean, they 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 just and they've got to be so coming far. over from Pennsylvania, coming through like oh Asheville Pennsylvania, County West Virginia. And, well, in your in your case, probably West Virginia, right? West yeah. Virginia, Kentucky, maybe. But yeah, I'm. I don't know. It would be a, a really cool thing to see more of them come over here. You know, I read this. I read this article years ago about like the ODNR wanted to enter to reintroduce species that were native to Ohio that had like extirpated species. Yeah. So like the, uh, the timber rattler, that was one of the things that the down when, when, when the state did the 33 bypass, if you're ever driving down the 33 bypass and you look, you know, to like, if you're going, what is that? Southeast on 33 towards Nelsonville and all that. And, and you get into like Wayne national, there's these little fences. They're about three foot high and they're angled in towards the woods away from the road. And that fence was put up to keep, the rattlesnakes that the ODNR had released oh. into Wayne County from getting out of that, getting hit on the road. Yeah. So I'd read this article in the dispatch talked about it. And, this, and the state was trying to reintroduce species that, that were once original to, to Ohio. So I had this great idea. Well, black bear were native elk were native. So why can't we reintroduce the elk to the state of Ohio? Like, let's get that on the prime. I mean, can you imagine like elk hunting in Southern Ohio? I mean, if it's like you walked through Wayne locally. national forest and heard a bugle, I would, I would, you would, you would wet your pants. Oh, hundred percent. So let's do that. Let's start tweeting at the ODNR about reintroducing elk to the, to the state of Ohio. So they did it with the rattlesnake. Like gives a, who, who cares about a rattlesnake? Come on, man. What's a, so what's elk side note. Around? Side note, I just got a text from a different group that has no interest in hunting, but they made sure to send it to me. Ringle, check that out. It's a picture of a deer out of Lorraine County. So, they're, oh my they're, god, that's a monster. This guy looks like miserable that he shot this deer. That's a beautiful dog. <laughs> that's what you look at. Good. I'm gonna that put is... this. I'm gonna put this on our Twitter page at Ohio Hunt. I'm gonna post this. I'm gonna post actually. This picture, it came off of Twitter. A... You could probably retweet it. Let me get you the tweet. Really? Yeah. That's... This guy just. This guy look looks... at the mass on those bases. So here, here's here's a good question. Where did this shoot... Lorraine County? That's where I live. Is Lorraine County? Look at this deer. Where did he shoot this deer? North Ridgeville. Gotta no, be in the body, dude. In the body. Oh, in the body. Yeah. Uh, maybe it was. Uh. Do you see any other side? I well, I mean, it could, it, he could have double lunged it without a pass through. Yeah, I don't know. He's probably using one of those heavy arrows. This vector, oh, no, that's the light no, arrows. You don't, don't penetrate. You don't, don't sure want to use know. a heavy arrow unless you're going to be, you know, right up close and personal, like five yards, I'd say. 650 grains, you want to be within five yards, probably. <laughs> you're so dumb. <laughs> So we're gonna dive, we're gonna dive into that, man. I we're gonna have we're gonna have a really good. Discussion oh, it's about, such a fun debate. I love it, especially for two people who are far from elite archers. Right, we're so bad. We're so bad. Uh, I won't say they're so bad, but some some of us are better than others. But you know, whatever. I don't yeah, want to get into that. Uh, yeah, six hundred and fifty grain arrows. That's my favorite topic yeah all right so what do we so what's so what's coming up we got we've got early season walls yeah we got a good interview with uh with a, a really i mean one of the best bow hunters in the state of ohio a really good interview coming up we've got uh we're going to talk about uh, you know hopefully get some people on from the buckeye big buck club and you know talk about scoring deer and I, there, there's a lot i mean the show's going to evolve over the next couple of 
of years, hopefully. And I hope you guys enjoy it, man. So, you know, reach out to us on social media. Tell us that, uh, you know, what, what you liked about the show, what you want to hear. And, uh, and we'll, you know, we'll talk about it. So we're going to do our best and and get better and have some fun and and connect with you guys. And that's it, man. That's what we're going to do. Quick rundown of the social media accounts. So Instagram, it's the underscore Ohio outdoors underscore podcast. Twitter is at Ohio hunt and the website is the O2 podcast.com. So as you can see, and also, real- and also sportsmansnation.com. So you can get, you can, you can listen to the podcast directly from there. So don't forget right. that one. And what else? We'll put all that stuff in the show notes. Wear your safety harness. Yeah. That's it. Dan always says. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Which talk about I, uh, crazy hunting stories. I got one of those for you too. I, uh, I got one of those hunter safety systems vests. I don't know five six years ago and it's the best thing in the world like i would never go into a tree stand without it now it's so easy ground blind (laughs) ripcord baby episode two we'll see you next week take care